like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hey there, fellow sleuths. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for acrobatic vinyl sleuths. <laughs> that that might be the weirdest one yet. <laughs> it might it might be yes, but accurate for this book. <laughs> but completely accurate. So sad. Up for discussion this week. What we are alluding to is Nancy Drew and the clue of the broken locket. And uh, I have two opening thoughts to ponder for you, Kelly. I'm ready for them. All right. Uh, we have a character in this book named Cecily, who is dating mm-hmm. a celebrity. She is, yes. And his name is Nico Van Dyke. And my question is, mm-hmm. is Nico Van Dyke the Justin Timberlake of the Great Depression? <laughs> a literal poor man's Justin Timberlake? <laughs> He's, like, very famous in this book. He was super famous. I know. I was getting like, um, I was getting more like Beatles vibes, but, oh. um, but yes, I mean, Justin Timberlake's just a modern Beatle. So yes, I will. <laughs> yes. Great. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Justin Timberlake is in this book. <laughs> um, <laughs> we will refer to him as Justin Timberlake for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My second question for you, and this is a, a it's a broad one. What happened in this book? <laughs> Listen, I Karen, this book made me want to say bad words. <laughs> oh, I I think and, I did. Several and times. I did. Yeah. And yeah. I did. Um mm-hmm, yeah, I can't no. I I don't know. It <clears throat> I no, we should just we'll get to it, but Karen, I don't know what the general duck just happened. <laughs> did you just get verbally autocorrected? <laughs> I I got verbally autocorrected for a PG-rated podcast. Yes, but like seriously, I'm glad what that you the feel that way. Just happened. I was like, am yeah. I just a poor reader because I have no. literally lost the plot? <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. It's there it is has literally escaped me. Yes. Okay. I feel relieved. Well. Knowing that we'll get into that, I would love to hear about how you have been because we took a vacay, so it's been a while since we checked in. Yeah. Yes, and Karen, I missed you. I missed you too. I felt very, I felt like a little ship at sea, a ghost ship at sea without you. A little ghost pirate ship at sea. I did. No, I I, I mean, I had no one to talk about The Bachelorette with. (gasps) That's not true. I had a lot of people to talk about The Bachelorette with, but... You're my favorite person to talk about The Bachelorette with. Oh, good an- good, an- good answer. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my week has been, you haven't missed much. I have been working and watching TV. Um, I've done, I've continued my cross-stitch project. Nice. Um, I will just say, I'm very excited because tonight is the season finale of Top Chef Portland. And Top Chef is like, I, I watch it every season. I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. But like, it is... It's like a, a, a very like serious reality show competition, and like there's there's always like some backstabbing and cutthroat yes, yeah. there has to be not not this season, <gasps> not this season. This is like the most perfect combination of like Top Chef and the Great British British Baking Show. Like 
everyone has been so lovely to one another. They've been supportive. They've like helped each other finish in time. Like there's been no sabotage. There's been no like I'm not here to make friends moments. It's been so lovely. Yay. Um, and then making it has oh. a new season that started a week ago. Oh, I didn't know. I love that show. <sighs> it's just the best. You should tell people what it is in case they don't know because everyone should watch it. You guys, everybody should watch the show. It is so good. If you have like, I I don't even care like if you're a crafty person or not. Like (laughs) there is something so enjoyable about this. It's literally a crafting competition, but it's speaking of it's like very a la the Great British Baking Show where everybody works in like they get a general challenge, but you can kind of work to whatever your particular craft niche is um and they're just all so talented but they're so nice to each other and it's hosted by amy poehler and nick offerman from parks and rec and like bless their souls oh my god we we must protect them at all costs like yep i love them so so deeply so yeah totally you should watch it's like a very entertaining hour of television and it's also like well no like i always get really inspired to go make stuff after watching it so i feel like i remember too that there's like some incredibly like good-natured teasing which is like my favorite part of the show like people know when they completely biffed the project and everybody just kind of is like oh well you you did your best (laughs) like (laughs) you you did your best it's 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 all very sweet and collegial and like they're they're like the king and queen of puns i mean it's all just pun humor the whole time um so yeah it's it's a it's a good hour of tv to like make you feel good about the world again um also if you want to feel not good about the world again Uh um i do have a podcast rec for you yes i love you recommend the best podcast my whole podcast list is things you've told me to listen to and they're all five stars Thank you. Thank you very much. You heard it here first. I am a five-star <laughs> podcast recommender. Um, my new one for you, it's a new podcast. It's only, like So if it turns bad after episode two, not my fault. But um, it's called Algorithm. Okay. And it's um, about a, I think he's a journalist who somehow got involved in this. But um, true story about this, um, the development of this um algorithm that help is helping to identify pockets of crime that might be serial <gasps> oh mm-hmm. oh this is so that's that good. is my one sentence plot overview of that but i mean it's a true story so um anyway check that out i think you'd, you'd enjoy it it's very interesting so far that sounds gr- i i just as you said this i opened spotify on my phone and added it to my podcast list mm. i cannot wait mm-hmm. yes <laughs> Very good. Enjoy. We'll discuss. Um, I think, like, River Heights would have been helped by use of this algorithm because <laughs> yes, I'm truly hopeful that there's just, like, a handful of terrible people, not, like, 500 terrible people, but whatever. Um, yeah. So um, what's been going on with you? And I know the answer to this question a little bit because I've watched the weather, but how are you? Oh. Oh, Kelly. Oh, girl, it's been real bad. Are you broiled? I mean... I basically am. I am like a well done... I'm like a 
<laughs> baked potato that you put in the microwave too long and it just like, you're like disintegrates. You're like a best hamburger. <laughs> yes, I'm the hamburgers <laughs> from this book that are left in a skillet for like 37 minutes. It was so flipping hot up here. It got to like 111 on Monday. Oh, God. We do not have air well, conditioning. Well, and you guys don't have air conditioning. Yeah, there's yeah. no AC to be had. Like, it was it was bad and um we did so things. what did you do like yeah like oh. how did you defray the real feel tears um, <laughs> 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 we went to the grocery store just to stand in the air conditioning we sat in the car a couple of times oh my god it was so hot like yeah, sleeping was just for a few days sleeping was just like lol not gonna happen best yeah. of luck to you um we tried to like make our own you know quote-unquote air conditioner by like we got all of our this is so funny we got all of our like bottles out of the recycling bin and filled them with water and froze them and we're just like Mm. putting them in front of our one fan (laughs) trying to blow cold air over it that's kind of smart did it work a little a little bit but like when you get up to like 111 it's like yeah it's all degrees of yeah. horribleness from there yeah so like it's better now today has been very gray which i've never been so excited to see a gray day in seattle so it feels <laughs> but it, it's like 90 <laughs> so it's still it's still wicked hot yeah when when does it kind of break a little bit well it's, i thought it was going to this week but then it looks like over the weekend we're going to be back in the mid 90s for a few <sighs> days so i'm just like <sighs> kelly i'm deeply i'm deeply over it <laughs> <This> <laughs> You hate it. I hate it. And like <laughs> deeply over it. And like the cats, like cats don't know. They th- we're the only people they know. We're the only things right. they know to be true of the world. And so they're just like mad at us. Like fix it. Like why are you doing this? And I'm like I can't fix I, it. I know. I can't. They're I'm just sorry. pissed. They're just mad. Yeah. yeah. They're deeply displeased yeah. with both of us. They think this is all our fault and we've just like not paid the AC bill. And I'm like, it doesn't exist. Well, and, and then they're just like watching you lie around in your underwear in front of like frozen bottles going like, excuse me, a little attention to the matter. Totally. And I'm like, I don't know nothing. how to help you, man. Like, I don't know how. Yeah, there's nothing to be done. No. Join us here in front of the makeshift air conditioner. Indeed. So yeah. that's what's been yeah. up. But I started a new show and yeah. I love it. And this show. Say all the words was recommended by our friend that we talk about on this podcast a lot, our Insta friend, at Nancy Drew Eats. She messaged us. Yes, yes, she did. She sent us, did you start watching it? Yes. So Nancy Drew Eats told us, because in our podcast about the Inheritance Games, we were talking about fandoms, and she messaged us and said, if you love a fandom, let me tell you about this show called Black Sails. It's like pirates, Old timey, mm. kind of got a little bit of an Outlander vibe going. It's got queer so, like, love in it. Sponsored by Jameson. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, Thanks actually, this on. one this one might be more sponsored by Captain Morgan, given his pirates. But <laughs> you get it wrong every time, Kelly. I'm, try- uh, I'm trying to give you a win here, man. <laughs> all right. You tried. You tried. Um, anyway, anyway, I I, I, comple- I completely stepped all over what you were saying. You you said queer love. Is that what you said? Yes. And I haven't gotten to that yet, but, cool. like, that's part of this and, like, the fandom around it. And, oh, man, I've only watched, like, two episodes, and I I love it. I love it. It's that so piratey. Amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it. I love it. Um, and, I, like, I'm not very far in, so I don't have a whole lot to say other than that I am deeply entertained and will 
100% be marathoning the rest of it immediately. Awesome. It's so, it's so good to know. Like, I man, it's so nice to get some show recommendations because, like, after the year we've had i'm i'm like well i've watched everything on every streaming service oh i know it's it there's nothing i've seen it all i know so i'm like oh this is i actually have never even heard of this so yeah i'm super psyched to check that out thanks for the recommendation totally um i'll keep you posted yeah. but anyway that's my scoop not much has happened other than we died in the heat and i watched a pirate show um so yeah i mean there's <laughs> there's nothing else to be done when it's this <laughs> no. hot out i mean forget it <laughs> nope uh, well, you know, unlike Black Sails, should we talk about a piece of entertainment that <clears throat> fell short of the mark? <laughs> that was really generous of you to say it that I'm way. Try- I'm trying to be politic, okay? Like- yep, yep. I-, I mean, we should talk about it, and oh boy, is there a lot to say. <laughs> <sighs> Fine. Okay, so. We are talking about book number 11 in the Nancy Drew series, The Clue of the Broken Locket. Um, So we are now back to Mildred Benson, Wart Benson, Mildred Wart Benson. Yep. Um, And this one, at least in my editions of this, which are like the the flashlight editions, Mm -hmm. um, she's credited on like the copyright faceplate page of my book. Oh. but I went back and looked in previous books and uh, dude, whatever his name was, I can't remember anymore. Walter. We, we loved. Thank you. Walter Carrig. He was not. And Mildred was not credited in the first, like, how many ever she wrote. Seven. I bet she renegotiated um, that in her contract when she came back. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. So anyway, she's got a credit in the book now. So anyway, um, this book... I thought was not good. We can get into it. There were some good points. That's not really what the section is about. I just say that to set up the fact that the tragedy of this book was not really wasn't Mildred's fault. Okay. okay? Because that's good to know. Well, maybe. I, I just uh, fully assumed it was. I was like, we should have gone back to Walter. This is not looking good. <laughs> well, I, we should have. I, I, I think I've read something about this, and, and somebody smarter than I am will correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it sounded like Harriet Stratemeyer, or whoever, I, I think it was Harriet, maybe it was her father, who was writing the... Um, the outlines for these books. Oh, yeah. Didn't write any, didn't write any outlines for Walter. Oh. And I was like, oh, maybe that's why they were awesome. So anyway, um, Mildred wrote this book in the early 30s, okay? Originally, this book was, like, when we talk about completely different, like, it was a different book. This was not, like, major revisions. This was, it had an entirely different plot from start to finish. So the original book was about... The only overlapping point was about the little twins, the little the little toddler twins, um, and Ka- they were like Kathy adopted. and Kevin, <laughs> Kathy and Kevin, the baby twins, little future acrobats. Um, this original book was entirely about finding their real mother. So, like, I guess I didn't read that version, of course, but like that that version starts with Nancy, Bess, and George. I think all being present for this big like um, publicity moment for these actors who are adopting these twins to like get good publicity. Oh, that sounds way and better than what we read already. <laughs> 
potentially i mean reading the plot outline i was like this could have been worse like at uh, least our version had a ghost pirate ship in it but like <laughs> not true. really but it, you know um so it could have been potentially much more boring but either way like the tragedy that we read was actually completely rewritten by harriet stratemeyer so got it we can huh. we can preserve mildred in our minds a little bit um that that concludes my updates well so th- thank you for that um Okay, on a happier note, we did get some very good one-sentence plot submissions. We sure did. <laughs> and I got to did, pick this Did week. you select a favorite? I did. I did. It was really, it was very fun. So I chose this week uh, our Instagram follower at the reading tabby. And not only is this funny, but it, if you look at the cover of the book, it is a perfect description of what's happening. <laughs> so at the reading tabby writes, most people don't know this, said Nancy, but you can douse for drinking water with any locket and then just scoop it up with your shoe. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, it is completely accurate. Yeah. yeah. Based on the cover. Totally. it's good. So thank That's you good. so much at the reading tabby that I'm yes. still laughing. <laughs> yes. All, all the applause for that one. I love the concept of dowsing for drinking water to begin with, but now I only want to do it with half a locket. So. <laughs> with half of a locket. Yes. <clears throat> Um, all right. Not a full locket. So I tried to buy you some time there, but it's it's time it's time to pay the piper. Are you (laughs) are you ready to do the super fast plot overview? Yeah, I'm ready. I just want to say best of luck and Lord have mercy on your soul. Thank you. Um, I will start off by saying you're probably going to be able to hear my cat crying in the background he's up at the top of the stairs i'm down in our basement and uh, he just sits up at the top of this This is where i work during the day and he just sits up there and like cries and like every time i come up the stairs he's sleeping there next i can see his little (gasps) eye looking for me under the door ollie he just wants to be on the podcast i understand correct he just wants to be where he's not allowed to be. It has nothing to do with me being down here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. That's, yep. Um, but I'm ready. Okay. okay. Here we go. All right. Carson asks Nancy to drive out to Misty Lake and deliver a cottage key to a renter, Cecily Curtis, because the groundskeeper has been frightened away by something. I shall mention here and never again that Cecily is an orphan whose parents drowned. Moving on. Nancy smells a mystery, so she hops in her new convertible with Bess and George and heads to the lake. By the way, it's autumn again, and Ned is starting his 47th year of college. They soon learn a few things. Number one, the phantom ship of a drowned launch party keeps appearing on the lake, and it's freaking people out. Number two, Cecily is there to try to find her long-lost family treasure in this place called the Pudding House or something, which is right up the road from the cottage she's rented. She's got a broken locket with a clue that led her there, and now she's supposed to find an iron bird. Number three. Cecily is engaged to a rock star, Nico, who's in a band called The Flying Dutchman, and he thinks he's being cheated out of royalty payments because he's popular but still poor. Number four. There's a Cecily lookalike running about the woods, screaming about babies. Nancy, therefore, has three items to investigate simultaneously, with, as we soon find out, no backup or support from the local police department whatsoever. Hashtag shocker. While investigating Pudding Lodge and the surrounding area, Nancy discovers the following. 
Number one, a potential kidnap victim locked in a literal tower. Number two, mysterious baby twins. Number three, a weird mechanical humming noise. Number four, a possible hidden passage. Number five, an iron flamingo which has a clue in its leg saying Cecily's treasure is in the cupboard. That was a weird phrase for me to write. Number six, a broken locket in a rowboat that is the other half to Cecily's broken locket. Number seven, mean adults who are clearly the criminals and who are also acrobats. Once again, I say, lay off the performers, Carolyn. There are chases, there's a trip to Baltimore to go to a concert, Nancy and Nico are kidnapped but escape by just getting out of the car, and more similar nonsense. But long story short, which is the purpose of these recaps, the criminal enterprise based out of Pudding Manor has stolen the baby twins to be part of their acrobatic act. Cecily's lookalike is actually her cousin Susan, and she's the owner of the found locket half. The baby twins are actually Susan's. Susan lost track of the twins whilst in a coma, but tracked them down to the Pudding Estate. There, she found a group of villainous acrobats conducting a criminal pirating enterprise, and to keep her quiet, they keep her prisoner. That was also a weird sentence to write. There's a secret passage from Pudding House down to the water, and that's where the pirating work is happening, and also where the acrobats keep their incredibly sophisticated projector that they use to create an incredibly sophisticated ghost ship illusion to scare people away. Nancy, along with Bess, George, their three boyfriends, Nico, and Cecily, capture the bad guys red-handed in about half a dozen criminal acts. The police finally get on board and show up with handcuffs and bad attitudes. Susan gets the twins back. They all find Cecily's treasure behind a wall panel in about 15 seconds. Nico is going to sue everyone for back royalty payments, and Cecily and Susan decide to pool their money and open a summer resort. Nancy gets the fixed locket as a thank you from these two extremely wealthy women, along with the begrudging accolades from the local police captain, who I'm pretty sure was actually in on it. The end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's literally the best I could do. You you crushed it, and I am really impressed with your approach, because I wouldn't have thought of this, but what you did is really the only possible way to distill this down which is lists <laughs> like there's i was like this is all i know how to do that's that's the only way because it's like 400 things happen that have nothing yeah. to do with each other <laughs> well and there were there were 400 things that i didn't talk about that also happened in this book that i was like i just no like i, I can't the podcast can't be seven hours long just read the book <laughs> reading the book only takes 45 minutes oh man Oh, well, I, I think you nailed it. Well, um, before we go down a crazy spiral of hatred on this book, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't want to prejudice you and poison you against it, but um, any impressions you'd like to share? I believe this is what we call general thoughts and musings, runicorn. I, oh, I love when you call me that. I do have some general thoughts and musings, and I'm, you know what? I don't have a lot of good things to say about this book, so I'm going to start with... So it wasn't, it wasn't just me. No, but I do have one gleaming golden moment from this book that I would like to give it Ooh. a trophy for. It had right. the funniest line in it of any Nancy Drew book what? to date. So at the beginning of the book, the like custodian of this house basically rage quits. He's like, I hate it here. There's a ghost ship. I'm like, I'm out. And so the way he quits his job is he just mails the keys back with a note that says, hire somebody else. I'm scared. 
going to like I was crying. I was laughing so hard and like let's be real looking back on it like I've had a couple of jobs where I'm like that's exactly how I should have quit. <laughs> yeah. Find somebody else. I'm out. I'm hire yeah. somebody else. I'm scared. <laughs> like come on. That's go- that's so good. So It's pretty good. Like unfortunately that was like in chapter one and it was downhill from there but i did (laughs) that was on the first page of the book (laughs) (laughs) it was wasn't it uh yeah so at any rate five stars for that um i was also interested in this book that they very specifically geolocate the goings-on in maryland which is very infrequent Mm -hmm. like we know that carson sometimes goes to chicago and i think she went to new york once but like this whole book was set in the state of Maryland. And yeah. that's kind of unusual. Like we have we still have yeah. no idea where River Heights is. Right. That's right. Yeah, the, it was very specific and like it was pretty far from where she lived. Like it took them it like 2 days of driving. They had to spend the night on the road yeah. to get there. So, which makes sense. I mean, Baltimore to Chicago is not close, so um, let's see. Anyway. Oh, I had one more thing. And I, th- I think I've said this quote on this podcast before, but my favorite thing <laughs> that our father says, um, I think the way I would sum this book up is like the classic, you have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory moment. <laughs> because there was so much potential. There was like the ghost ship. There was yes. a rock star. We had yep. circus people <laughs> in it. And like, with all those elements combined, I was like, we got a real winner on our hands here. But yeah. but uh, no, and uh, I think the reason it goes south is because the author did not adhere to the, like, keep it simple strategy and instead took a hard left into everything in the kitchen sink, uh, which... Yeah, and, and, like, it was, like, in spite of all of the complications that she tried to throw at the plot and all of the confusion, it was still boring. <laughs> it was. And predictable. <laughs> you know? Like, it was completely oh. predictable. It was. Whatever. Sorry I blew up. I mean, no. maybe I'm just tired, but, like, I'm so annoyed by this book. Tell I, me tell me I your was, thoughts and music. I was excited. I was excited for the first third of it. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I got, like... There's all kinds of good, interesting stuff in here. And then it just never panned out. And then, like, everything just wrapped up so tidily with a little bow on the end, and it just annoyed me. So, anyway, um, I don't have the bandwidth to analyze my feelings. I just dislike. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, one of the things that drives me crazy in, in this book, drove me crazy in this book. Why am I talking in the present tense? drove me crazy was like toward the end nancy like sneaks into this house finds this susan this woman who's being held captive and she um in do like in this expedition to try to find and save susan she overhears two of the criminals as they're trying to hastily leave the premises they stop to recap their entire evil plan and all of the evil things they've done along the way yep yep they do Uh, like step by step every single twist and turn and moment it yes (laughs) like are you guys like bond villains like what's happening here it just uh it just like it was such an eye roll like oh thank god nancy happened over here the entire plot yeah um 
I will say though, I did. I also had a favorite part. Okay. And I think it was involved the same character, and was also in maybe the first chapter. Um, the groundskeeper who quits runs a wait for it confectionery and bait shop. But <laughs> so seems like a unique choice. Not sure that the modern day like you know food inspector department. <laughs> would be all for like putting your open sweets next to the worm. worms but <laughs> yeah. you know i'm just like i'm i'm picturing the the health inspector from bob's burgers coming in and be like mm, yep like <laughs> thank you thank you Ex- precisely hugo hugo yes. um so we're gonna play a game real fast okay put you on the spot karen name that confectionery and bait shop what would it be called? I cannot think of a candy that starts with a W because something in worms would be something really in good. Worms would be the best. Yeah, like whimsy and worms. <laughs> mm. Bonbons yeah. and bugs. Ooh, bonbons and bugs. That's a good one. <laughs> I can I can tell you have a master's degree in poetry. <laughs> I do. I do. What? Okay, you go. You name it. Suckers and slugs. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like lock us into anything, Karen. But I just think that tacking on a confectionery and bait shop to our themed Nancy Drew Inn that clearly has to be next to like a haunted lake, yeah, is yes. just makes good sense. So, We're- you know, we can fight later in the, you know, LLC agreement um about whether it's going to be suckers and slugs or bonbons and bugs but you know we're gonna need we're gonna need like a large staff to run this nancy drew themed in that we're planning so if you would like to personally apply to be the proprietor of suckers (gasps) and slugs uh suckers and slugs at us on instagram and send us your cv I would love to see resumes for that. Like, well, I've got 17 years of experience working in a confectionery and bait shop out at Lake Michigan. Um, the way to keep the FDA off your back is just keep those suckers far away from those slugs. Um, they do it with cat cafes all the time. They, they sure uh, do. <laughs> there's got there's got to be a there's something we don't know here. There's a trick. <laughs> okay, so that's this concludes my thoughts and musings. Feelings I, and musings? I, you know, instincts and musings? What do we call it? General thoughts and musings. General thoughts and musings. And per usual, I would say we are very much aligned. <laughs> yeah. It just, uh, man, I, ugh. like, why did this one suck so much compared to the last one? Can you please help me understand that? It's because it was too much. It was everything in the kitchen sink. It was just, they tried to do too much. And I think if they had hacked about... of the weird, twisty, flashy little tidbits out of it. Yeah. It could have been much more enjoyable. It was was just too much too fast. That's my theory. Yeah. Well, and I feel, I I completely agree with you because, like, Susan and the twins didn't need to happen at all. Like, that didn't have to be part of it at all. No. Um, There were just a lot of things that it was like, meh. Um, And I'm going to talk about some of it in my next section. But, like, part of it, too, was... All of these elements we have seen like seven times before already. 
Yes, we have. Like, we have had ghosts to scare people away from properties. We have had, I mean, my God, we've had more twins than I can even count. Look Everybody's an orphan. Yep. Yep. Things, gold hidden in walls. And you know what, though? I just had, I had an epiphany and I... Ooh, ooh, tell me, tell me. And it actually ties back to Nick Offerman, who you were just talking about. I think the perfect advice to fix this book... You have to whole-ass one thing? Yes! Like, don't (laughs) half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. And that is how you fix this book. (laughs) I would agree with you. That perfect. As soon as you said Nick Offerman, I was like, yes, Karen. Whole-ass one thing. Indeed. We've, we've got mm, the mind mm, meld. Mm, mm, mm. Well, okay. We've got the mind meld. Oh, I love a little song in my, in my day. Um, Thank okay. you. Let's talk about classic mystery elements. And I'm hoping that there were at least a few things that sparked joy, okay, well, as Marie Kondo would say. <laughs> yes. Like, if I were going to Marie Kondo this book, I would get rid of, like, two-thirds of it. And, the, and what I'm going to talk about now sparked joy. So, um, it was a perfect way to put it. Um, okay, so first off, we have the two separate halves of the broken locket. You know, oh, they've yes. been divided up over the years. Uh, they're with two different parts of the family, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, I love this concept. I mean, I, I remember this from being a kid of, I mean, it's like, it was part of why those, like, uh, best friend broken heart charm necklaces were always yeah. fun. Like, th- this idea that somewhere out there, there's someone who's got this, the other half to your missing item, right? Which we could get really metaphorical about, but I won't because it's a Nancy Drew book. But like, <laughs> it's it's got like that, which, which Shakespearean play was it? Was it Twelfth Night? Oh. I can't remember. But like, you know, there's, there's all these ones of like, you know, uh, long lost brothers that get separated and yeah. brother and sister get separated, right? And then they have this like token that, that has been broken apart and they each have half and that's how they find each other, you know? So like that whole thing is fun. Um, uh, and you know, using it as a way to send like a clue about where their family's money is, is an interesting way to do it. I guess. I think the clue was pretty like on the nose, which is kind of my beef with it, which like it's, it was a mysterious clue, like find the iron bird. Okay. But it was only, it was only mysterious because it happened during the Civil War. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. the guy who got it, it wouldn't have been mysterious for, which I guess is the point. Like, to the guy who was supposed to get it, it would have been coded a little bit, right? But it's only mysterious. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not mystery because it's a mystery. It's like, I wonder what my great-great-grandfather meant by this. Oh, I yeah. bet it's that, like, that flamingo that got knocked over (laughs) you're totally right i i definitely see what you're saying yes 100 percent. um which is just me being salty i'm fully aware of that but i will say this okay and this is just me having this like strange perspective on this book i guess but maybe you picked up on this too but the whole thing is that cecily's i don't know great great grandfather or something was in the civil war and during the civil war they split up the fortune and hid it so that like it wouldn't all get lost or whatever when i started doing the math i was like the civil war was only 70 years before this book was written oh my god you did math and i did not even think about that 70 years holy cow yep 
Yep. Oh, man. So, like, I mean, to put that in perspective, Karen, if Nancy in this book had been my age, Carson could have been alive during the Civil War. Whoa! I like don't even do you know, know what to does, say. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, craziness. Like, that's how close it was. I also think it was interesting that, like, it was, like, several greats removed from Cecil. Oh, that doesn't make... 70 years. That does not make any sense. So, oh, Well, man. I mean, I think they all just died super early. That's a good point. And, and they had children. So, actually, like, in my little notes, I said, if Nancy was 38 instead of 18 and Carson had waited to have an established career before he had kids, Carson could have been alive during the Civil War. <laughs> Dang. That is... Well, and also, so I just was, like, trying to give a little grace because we know that Stratemeyer re- rewrote this, but that's only, like, 30 years later. So that does not... 30 years right. does not several greats No, it would, it would have been 100 years then. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if you think about that, like, you know, people could have been having the next generation of children when they were, like, 18, 19, 20 years old... Like, yeah, those greats stack up pretty fast. So that could have been three. Huh. Three generations. I, I am. You, you blew my mind. I don't. I you blew my mind. Up. Okay. Oh, Next. can I say something um, about the locket? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. I have a, a hashtag locket thought. <laughs> Ooh, a locket thought? That I didn't have until just right now when you said, like, that this halves of the locket thing is, like, your dream. And I, it just made me remember. We've talked about being a little kid and like the world is still magical and a lot of these podcasts and like kind of wanting to find your own mystery and I don't know that I read this book as a little kid but I definitely read you you know this my favorite book letters from Philippa um Mm -hmm. also has a mysterious locket in it and I Mm -hmm. distinctly recall for a large chunk of my life whenever we went into like an antique store or like a thrift store or something I was always so hopeful that I would find mm-hmm. a locket that had a clue in it. So I have probably in my lifetime mm-hmm. opened up like hundreds of lockets in antique stores. Oh my like, gosh, I had no idea. I totally forgot about that until you said it and I'm like, oh yeah, I mm-hmm. always wanted that to be a thing. And I no 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 clues have been found but maybe someday. Well, we'll have to read that book because now I want to know what the clue was in that one. I can't remember but I remember it, it heavily featured uh, a locket clue. Of some sort. Um, anyway, okay. It, moving on. I, I, that's my, my whimsical, slightly bleary of eye moment for today. <laughs> oh, baby Karen. <laughs> okay, so, so next thing, we've got this ghost launch, which is basically just this, like, I think it's like a little yatchet. Oh, you know? I think you're right. And I... That they're, like, they, they're going out on a little picnic and... I mean, either nobody can swim or, like, the suction from the ship sinking took everybody down, whatever. Um, yeah. Didn't make a ton of sense. It yeah. didn't seem like a very big lake, but apparently there was a tragic multi-person instantaneous yeah. boating Pile incident. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nancy swam almost all the way back from where it went down, but whatever. I mean, I get, I, I'm sure that when, a like, a vessel with any kind of, like, mass sinks, it... I don't know. Does it develop its own, like, gravitational pull? Oh, it does. Let's go with that. Believe me, I did a lot of uh, Titanic research after that movie came out when I was in high school. And it it does. You were absolutely correct. (laughs) Oof. That movie. 
Oh, God. Karen, I will never in my life forget going to see that movie with our family. That did not go well. (laughs) I mean, first of all, first of all, I'm scarred for life from having watched that paint me like your French girl scene next to my mother. Oh, I, oh, I, whenever I think about it, I'm like uncomfortable. Yep. Yep. I'm like, I, I have, there, I can feel blood in the tips of my ears right now just thinking about it. Well, that Um, one and then the, like, the car scene, that was also not a thing that's fun to watch with your parents when you're in high school. Like, no, no, thank Mm. you. (laughs) Well, and on top of it, you were sitting in three and a half gallons of blue slushy. So you had your own little iceberg incident. Oh, I did. I forgot about that. Oh, How my, could you forget about that? My blue icy. Okay, y'all. No. Y'all, we, Karen, Karen, at least at this time, I don't know if you've, like, grown out of this no, strangeness I ha- or not. No, I haven't, no. Karen is not, like, a popcorn and soda eater at the movies, which I will never understand. She wants, like, a... A slushy situation but like and so, like a big one <laughs> yeah i mean and like one the size of your face i mean <laughs> so and they only come in stainy colors like there, there's not like a bleach colored slushy no so karen gets going to titanic which feels a little on the nose uh gets the world's biggest icy Blue icy, the blue one the sits down the in her seat and squeezes it. And before she's so much as taken a slurp, she has squeezed like two and a half gallons of blue slushy all over herself and kind of on my dad too, which was not great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, did it help you enjoy the movie more, like knowing what they were going through? I fe- I really felt for Jack at the end when he's on the door mm-hmm. and she won't let him on and he's like freezing to death. I was like, same, bro. That's been me for the last three same. hours. <laughs> if one of these jerks in my family could have thrown me a door like two and a half hours ago, that would have been great. But, yeah, yeah, I did do that. I blame the probably 14 year old movie theater employee who did not securely fasten the dome lid. And when I squoze it, it exploded off the top. So I... T- I don't think I'm fully culpable, but that did happen. That's true. <laughs> there, this is this is not an attempt to place blame, Karen. Okay? Thank you. I, is it is it is for me. <laughs> I mean, I think it was your fault, but whatever. Um, I bet you've never squeezed a slushy since. I sure haven't. <laughs> I bet not. Okay, you're like, could you put that in a steel thermos for me, please? I had an incident. Like live and learn, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got a ghost launch. Which is being used by these um, villainous acrobats who's, just to be clear, like, they've got this whole thing going on to protect a pirating enterprise. Like, they're pirating records. Yeah. Man, I would love to know the technology of that. They're, like, burning, it's like the equivalent of burning a CD from Napster, except they're burning records, like, vinyl records from one record to another vinyl record, which I did not know. I didn't even know know you could do. Yeah, I'm baffled by that. Like, you just drag and drop that vinyl record. Um, So, so that's that's the whole villainy here. But, like, on top of that, they're also acrobats. And so as part of their acrobatting, they wanted little kids in their acrobatic act. So when they came along to, quote unquote, abandoned twins, they just took them. 
even though they clearly had not been abandoned. Like, yeah. they were left at the scene of an accident. This um, wasn't like Hansel and Gretel got lost in the woods. It was like two children who were like, where did my mommy and daddy go? And they're like, get in the car. Yeah, you, you fit the costumes. Come on. <laughs> um, so... Anyway, like, I just want to talk about this ghost ship for a skinny minute, because this is really where I started to get angry. Um, The idea of a ghost ship is so good. I love it so much. I do, too. I wanted wanted this to be, like, and, and it was set up to be, like, a major focal point to this book. And then it happens one time. And never, we, the only thing we ever learned from then on is like, oh yeah, the the pirate record pirates were like doing it to scare people away so they didn't find their criminal enterprise. Like, what a wasted opportunity for a good ghost boat. I, I agree. And you know, you saying that also goes back to my keep it simple theory about this book, which is if you're going to have a ghost boat, maybe don't also have the other subplot be music piracy because I was like, what type of pirate are we talking about now? Like it was. Thank you. mm, Yeah. Could be clever. Was not. A little too stupid wordplay. Right. (laughs) Also, I just have to ask, like these guys, I'm not trying to be like judgmental a little bit. (laughs) But, like, these these crooks know how to be professional acrobats. They know how to do what I would guess is a pretty complicated pirating endeavor of these vinyl records. Yeah. And they also know how to, like, do this very complicated ghost boat projection. Yeah. Like, like- essentially, they've got this, like, massive projector that's projecting a video onto the mist so like in you know normally you would need like a screen or something and they're projecting onto like they keep talking about how there's this really like heavy mist over this like certain section of the lake where the boat went down yeah that's what they're projecting onto well and i think there's sound too because at the end there is sound when they get busted they're like our sound movie they found our sound movie system or something so there's also like audio of these people Mm -hmm. on the boat like being jolly and stuff like all of this seems like an incredibly complicated AV movement motion <laughs> for now, much less like in the Correct. 30s when I'm like, did that, Correct. was that a thing <laughs> that could even be done? I'm telling you what, I have seen people pay thousands and thousands of dollars to have effects like that done today. So, okay. Also, where did you get the film of this boat going down? Like, did you hire actors and put them out on a, like how... Just come on. This oh, I did not even think about that. Like, yeah, there wasn't live footage of that boat sinking. <laughs> that never even right. crossed my mind. <laughs> it, it, uh, whatever. Okay, so, um, all right. So, the uh, here, here are a few more things to talk about. Um, we had an escaped mental institution inmate who is mentioned one time and then never mentioned again. That was what burned my biscuits because I love <laughs> an escaped mental patient. I love that trope in Thank stories. You. And I also, I don't know if this happened to you, but I, I had a flicker in my mind from the last book, which we loved. And I was like, maybe it's one of the old women from the sanatorium. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. She like busted it's loose. Just, it's just like an old lady. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, help me. They were stealing my money. They tried to tell me I was crazy. I was really hoping that's who it was. <laughs> 
She's like, help me. I'm only 25. They rejuvenated my youth. Can't you tell? <laughs> um, good point. So we also have multiple kidnappings. Yep. Three in total. Three okay. kidnappings in one book. Who I can think of two. So the, the little babies, Kathy and Kevin, are kidnapped. Mm-hmm. That's one. Nancy and Nico, the rock star, who That's we'll talk two. about, get kidnapped. What's the third kidnapping? Susan. Oh, Susan. How could I forget? Yeah. Um, we have not one, not two, but three boating incidents. <laughs> We've got the, the the ghost boat in question that sank. We've got Susan's parent, or not Susan, Cecily's parents who died leaving her an orphan in a drowning. And we've got Nancy going down in her canoe. Yep, yep, you're three. right. Just a boat, no boat is safe. <laughs> Never Never boat. <laughs> um, I'm going to get to my favorite one last. We talked about the Bond villain retellings. Yep, yep. Susan, okay, so Nancy gets to Susan to help her escape. And she unties her. She's, she's like, being held. And then they're going to transport her or kill her or something. And so Nancy, like, finds her, unties her. And then rather than leaving the premises where they're expecting the villains to come back any moment for susan she says tell me your story tell me what happened how did you wind up here and then there's like several pages of susan telling her sad little story while they just like chill sit there yeah it's like time is of the essence tell me on the run yes you know there will be time for this later let's get away from the people who are going to actually murder us if they get here before we escape yeah let's bust a move sue come on (laughs) So this is my favorite one. Um, okay. At one, at one point, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it's George, Bess, and Nancy, maybe Cecily, can't remember. They're like running about the woods as they do. And for some reason, again, can't remember, George is like, hey, Nancy, if you see the thing, use the owl signal whistle we use sometimes. <laughs> yes. So I only bring this up because can you please make your owl noise? <clears throat> Let me hang on. I gotta get. I gotta prepare my my me, pipes. Me me me. Oh. Oh. Watermelon peas and carrots. Oh. oh, you're doing it. Do it again. Oh, I think I sound more like a pigeon. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's good. I want to grab you by the body. I have it. You throw me out a window. I haven't done the owl yeah. in a minute. I gotta. I gotta beef that back up. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. And also a callback to, though, I think the, I can never remember the names. What's the book with the counterfeiting ring? Redgate Farm? Yep. I think they do do a bird call to alert each other in that book. I Someone remember does. there was a call. It was a coyote. <laughs> okay, very different. It was a coyote. Not an avian no, but there, but sound. There, but, there, but there, you're right. I mean, there, there was an animal noise call, but it was a coyote. Well, so I guess I think, there are other... I, I said that I said that very confidently. You did. I don't remember. I believe you. But the way that okay. George said it, use the owl signal whistle we use sometimes, implies mm-hmm. that there are other adventures that have happened that we don't know about where they're frequently doing this. <laughs> Correct. I mean, like, also, don't try to pull the wool over my eyes. Like, I've read about all of your expeditions in order in a very brief amount of time, George. I know you've never used an owl whistle signal. So, Not like, once. why don't you just be like, hey, Nancy, can you can you make like an, a bird call? 
uh, and Nancy goes, yeah, I've got a great owl. Hoo hoo. And George goes, great. Use that signal if you see the thing. Like, I really like you know your, I, mean? I really like your owl call. Hoo hoo. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that would be like, I don't know. There's some SNL character. I, anyway. Who, who? I'm an owl. <laughs> who? I'm an owl. Who? Run, Nancy. Um, okay. So this, this concludes my, my section, Karen. I guess it's your turn. It was a pleasure. Okay. I would like to next do, we'll have a little, let's have a little levity, shall we? I would love some levity. Great. Well, that means it's time for Real World River Heights, a.k.a. Friends and Dating. My favorite section. Okay, number one. Who showed up like a queen in this book? It was Bess, okay? Bess? I love her in this book. Rocked in this book. She was much more of a prominent character, I felt, than she ever has been Mm -hmm. before. Does that feel accurate or am I exaggerating? Completely accurate. Okay. Like, she was a a main player in the the Mm -hmm. sleuthing and in the the goings-on. I just loved her. She was... Sweet. She was she's funny. Like, she was spunky. Yeah. She's got like a very defined personality. Yes. And a, and a, yeah. and a good one. Like I like her. Um, a, yes. I like her. I want to be friends with her. She was like very, the little kids, Kathy and Kevin really liked her. They were like, mm-hmm. I like this nice lady. Um, That was cute. She also is like a cook. She's like taking care of them all. And she, she whips up several meals for them. One of which is tomato soup and hamburgers. And she does burn the hamburgers, but that was... It, that not was her, not fault. her fault. There was yeah. an assault happening. Yeah, that took somebody her eye off the ball. And <laughs> we should talk about that. So Bess is making hamburgers. <sighs> they hear a window break, and they come in the room, and Nico and Cecily are face down on the floor, unconscious. Mm-hmm. And they figure out that what <laughs> has happened is that someone threw a rock through the window that didn't hit them, but it hit the couch they were sitting on, and this rock. It hit the couch so hard that it knocked the couch over. It knocked Nico and Cecily off the couch. They flew through air and, you know, time and space and cracked their heads on the fireplace and were knocked unconscious. I'm like, what did they throw through the window that would knock a couch over? Thank and you. and like, two adults. Four people lodging a boulder through the window? Yeah. So, like, that and, was, I did I mean, not. talk about a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> It was like a really powerful throw or a really big rock or both, but it, it was like it, it was like a, a reverse, a reverse singing in the rain couch. <laughs> yes. So if you know, you know. Okay. If you know, you know. So that was kind of like a brief sidebar, but needed to be addressed. But anyway, though, I just really was happy to see Bess around more, um, especially now that yeah. Helen's gone. Any any Bess love you'd like to share? I, I love Bess. Like, I've always loved Bess. And, like, it was, like you said, it was nice to see her in this book. But I love that she's this, like, big cook. I think that's really cool. And it's clearly kind of, like, something she enjoys. So, yeah, I relate to my girl Bess. I mean, I cooked pizza rolls today. So that's different. Yes. But, like, you know, I relate. I love a pizza roll. I want mm-hmm. one now. You always make me hungry on this. We talk about food and then I'm like, I need to eat. Um, okay, I mean, well, I'm, the problem is, is that I, I still allow myself to eat like I'm 14 years old. Oh, same. I'm not. Reference so. the blue slushy. Like, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> but you were like nine. 
I know, but I still do it. So, <laughs> but you still do it, yeah. Um, other side of the coin, then we have mm. George Fane, who, unlike I, I feel like I love Bess more and more deeply every book, and I hate George Fane more and more deeply every book. Mm-hmm. Do you? Okay, you also mm-hmm. feel that way. Mm-hmm. She is the worst. Completely. She is yeah. not. She's never nice. She's very no. brusque with people. She's very condescending and snide. Um, I just think she's an arrogant jerk, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, she's she's a jerk. I really don't like her. I wrote down one specific quote because I was like, what? And this was kind of early on in the book, but literally all that happens is that Bess's earring falls off and George gets all bent out of shape about it and is like, oh, again with this stuff, Bess. Of course it's Bess dropping her earring. And the quote from the book is, she was apt to be impatient with her very feminine cousin. And I was like, you know what, George? Screw you. I, I'm over you. I don't mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, right. She, she's just nasty. Yeah. So, I also yeah. felt like she was a little too big for her britches in this book. Um, and what mm, I mean by that, that, I felt like she, she's kind of like a try hard when it comes to this sleuthing thing. Like she's <laughs> sleuthed like three times and now she's talking like she's Nancy Drew. Like at one point they're all like, we should, you know, get some rest. And she goes, no, we have to sleuth first. And it's like bossing them around. And then, um, when their mm. cottage gets broken into and the vandals, throw all of their stuff around and break a bunch of things she's like mm, well you know some vandals are like that and you know when they can't find what they're looking for they they tend to get really angry so they just destroy everything in sight and like you should really know that i was like no girl you are not running this show you are not nancy nancy drew you've been here for five seconds don't act like you know yeah what do you know about vandals george nothing so too 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 big for her britches so um agree with all of that yes okay thank you and i was really hoping i was gonna like her because i like the concept of george but her personality leaves quite a bit to be desired if you ask me same like kindness (laughs) yeah like general like being being nice to your two best friends i mean i don't know just maybe maybe you should not be a jerk to your friends i don't know okay moving on i could talk about that forever that gets me really fired up I've got a unexpected line item for real world River Heights mm. for you. And I would like, I don't, I don't really have anything insightful to say. This is more of an observation, but holy moly, the propriety that they take with dating relationships in this era, like, mm-hmm. especially when it, like frequently these girls are in a situation where their three boyfriends have also traveled a great distance to come see them. They're like all in a different city. They're going to be there for multiple days and they go to very extreme and also I'm guessing expensive lengths to not even sleep in the same house. Yeah. Like, do you know what I'm talking about in this book? Yes, completely. Yeah. I mean, they're like, not only were the three main boyfriends, Dave, what's his face and Ned, like, running rooms in this other house at this boarding house blah 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 but like nico cecily's fiance is like driving back and forth to baltimore <laughs> yes yes well and then at the I'm end like, too can't you like make him up the couch like right i'm like they're not staying in a bungalow they're staying in like big places like at the end of the book they stay in the mansion the the puddin mansion or whatever it's called and yeah 
the guys are like, okay, we're all tired. You three stay here in this 47-bedroom house. We'll drive back down the road in the middle of the night to Mrs. Hoskins's. I'm like, guys, it's really, it's going to it's gonna be okay. But, like, man, well, they and, were and not. I can, understand, I can understand that in the 30s edition because, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, you know. I'm not a sexual propriety historian or anything like that. <laughs> Shocker. But, um I mean, I'm, maybe there. I, God bless you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my God. You're gonna have to like really Oof. turn down the volume in that moment. <laughs> Woof. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm back. <laughs> uh, uh, like you know, I'm sure there would have been some kind of like um, eyebrows raised, you know, impropriety conversation about like even the the idea that they might have slept under the same roof and something might have happened. So like I get, but like in the '60s edition, like. Really? Okay, whatever. Yeah. I guess, you know, in the last episode, I think it was, I told you that they wouldn't allow Grosset and Dunlap to use the new artwork for the cover because, like, a piece of Nancy's thigh was showing beneath her her knee-length pencil skirt. So I guess it all adds up. But I was like, man, they're, like, really taking this seriously. Yeah. Gotta gotta keep Nancy uh, pure as the driven snow. (laughs) Yes. Um, okay, my concluding thought on this, and I am curious for your not general thoughts and musings, your hyper-specific thoughts and musings, but I do feel like you've you've addressed this, the difference between Walter Kerrigan, Mildred's writing styles. Mm-hmm. The characters seem very different as well. Like, they seem, they're approached very differently, and mm-hmm. they felt that... Walter made them feel more like people, I guess. I completely agree, yeah. These, the... I mean, I... No, say it, sorry, say it. Ahead. No, say the words. I I think, like, if if I were trying to pinpoint, like, an actual, like, writing technique difference between the two, um, because I definitely preferred the characters in Walter's style. They felt more well-rounded. They felt more interesting. We knew more about them. We knew more... It was... He, number one, there was more dialogue. And number two, there was more inner dialogue. Okay? Yeah. As, as opposed to this book and Mildred or Harriet's style, which is much more like non-omniscient third person. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's like this, this hovering omniscient third person, but it's just describing like what's happening with the boots on the ground you know like it's these people are going here these people are going there they find out this and then they right as opposed to like traveling with the people and knowing what they're thinking and saying that is beautifully said i heard the english major coming out in that i loved it thank you yeah i totally agree but I, it sounded beautiful. Um, I really agree. And like Mildred kind of feels like she's playing with Barbies. It's like I got my detective Barbie, I got my football player Barbie, I got my yes. my mean jock George Barbie. I've I've got the Barbie that my sister cut all the hair off of. Totally, yeah. It kind of feels yeah. like that a little bit. And it's like they they come with their one outfit and they have you know a yes. descriptor and that that's who they are. Um, okay, mm-hmm. I'm glad that's not just me. It's it's not just you. It's and I think the I'm sure we would have picked up on it in the reading if we hadn't known about the authors. But like knowing about the authors, it's impossible to not see. Totally. So yeah, it's jarring. All right, that is my my thoughts on that. 
Well, so shall I continue this week with It Would Have Been Awesome If? Yes, that's my fa- I love, I love It Would Have Been right. Awesome If. I do feel like we're giving away the trade secrets of how we should rewrite these books, but YOLO. <laughs> YOLO, and I'm happy to write them. Perfect. So, <laughs> great. Okay, so I do have three recommendations for this book. Oh my god, I can't wait. So, I cannot wait. <laughs> number A. It would have been awesome if each half of the locket, so one half is with Cecily and then one half is with her lookalike cousin Susan and they've never met before. If each half of the locket only contained half of the location of the treasure. Yes. So you have to join the pieces to find it. Oh, that would have made this so much better. You are so correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it didn't really Number- matter when they combined them. They're just like, oh, look, it fits. It's the same locket. We must be related. <laughs> We're related. Let's let's pool all our money. I'm like, don't do that. You just met her. I you Also, know? I'm like, like, for A, no one cares. And B, you are... People think you're twins. You're clearly related. We already knew that. Like, move along. Right. We're, we're there. We, 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 were, we were there the first time we saw our running through the woods. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> nailed it. Perfect. Thank you. Um, option B. The Phantom launch was a publicity stunt for Nico's band because, and this is very, this is one of the things I liked in this book. Nico's band is named the Flying Dutchman. And the Flying Dutchman is a legendary ghost ship, which was said to never be able to make port and doomed to sail the oceans forever. Oh, isn't that in Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, but like the Flying Dutchman, it's it's like it goes long before that movie. It's like the, um, the most famous ghost ship of all time. Oh my gosh. Correct. Yes. So like, you know, the fact that his band is named the Flying Dutchman and there's a ghost ship in this book, it's like, you know, there there is a little like, I don't know if you want to call it an Easter egg or like, <laughs> there's a little wink there. But I was like, it would have been so great if this phantom ship hadn't been connected to the criminals at all and had been a totally different thing that was actually, you know, like. It would yep. Have been cool. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. I I sign off on that change. Approved. Thank you. Um, option C. Cousin Susan was the escapee from the insane asylum, and those were not her kids. <laughs> so they just. Let that's, me... that's my favorite one. Oh, I love that. So, like, yeah. do they still give the kids to her at the end of the book, and they're just like, "We solved the mystery," and she's like, "Ha ha ha!" Foiled again. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, that's good. That's right. Or, or like, you know, maybe, maybe they like grab them back from her at the brink of disaster. Like maybe it's all saved at the 11th hour. Oh, but, yeah. That would be really good. That I do still like the idea of the escapee being one of the old women from, was it Twisted Candles? No. What book was that? No, it was Lark, Larkspur Lane. Larkspur Lane. I, <laughs> I can never remember the names. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I've got it literally sitting right next to me. Okay, good. I, I keep I keep my current, like, every, every time, like, I, I keep my current favorite next to me. I don't know why. It's just a weird thing. And so then if it's dethroned, it goes back on the shelf and I have the new current favorite next to me. But let's just say, suffice it to say... Lark's Berlin was not dethroned this week. So. It's like the boyfriend bracket. It is like, it's exa- Thank you, Karen. <laughs> you 
really brought it full circle and trued it up for me. So anyway, that's, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess my last suggestion, I said I had three, I lied, there's four. My last idea would be that we do find out that the chief of police is in on this whole thing. And that's why he was so friggin' unhelpful to Nancy. Oh man, that would not have surprised me. And that actually dovetails beautifully into our final section. So who is Nancy in this book? AKA recently renamed to Nancy's never ending resume. So yep. This was the worst the police have ever treated her. And let's be real. It's never mm-hmm. been great. But this police officer, whose name I just didn't even write down because I don't care. He was a jerk. Um, yeah. He almost crushed her spirit. Like, for the first time ever. She was... He humiliated her in front of her mm-hmm. friends, in front of the police station. She, like, blushes. She She's like, I'm just going to shut up and leave, which she does. And I did not like seeing Nancy that way. No. It really, it really no. hurt my feelings that he did that to her and that, like, normally she would have had some, like, flip of the hair and sassy retort and been like, well, we'll see. And he humiliates her so badly that she can't even speak and just leaves. And I really, it was a notable moment. It's unforgivable. Yeah, it really is. You don't treat so her. So I, I want to take him down. Yeah, I hope we never see him again. Well, why would we? I mean, he's he's a vacation sheriff vacation cop yeah um They're like yeah you go out to the lake occasionally we have like petty crimes out at you know Bert's candy and critters uh, <laughs> a little ghost ship otherwise incident. pretty pretty low crime area <laughs> so okay so that was i and i only have two other observations about nancy we didn't really learn a ton about her in this book but i did love that she is as always cool as a cucumber and this time in a very different way, like a celebrity shows up on her doorstep who, as we said at the beginning, is Justin Timberlake of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. He's so famous. Everyone knows who this guy famous, is. He's a hot. beetle. Yeah. And he just yep. shows up and bing bong on the doorbell and Nancy does a bat an eyelash and says, oh, I'm so glad you're here. We have a mystery to talk to you about. And that's mm-hmm. that's that. Um, so zero percent flustered by JT in the house. I love that we're calling him JT. Perfect. He just says. Uh, well, um, I mean, good job. Oh, wait, I have one more. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. No, I love it. I, ha- I have one last one. And this is going back to pirates. And I thought about the pirates mm. in this book a lot. And there were the music pirates, the Napster pirates. <laughs> the Napster pirates. Oh, and then God. I really wanted there to be like a real like, yar, like peg leg pirate. And there wasn't. But then I was like, maybe it's Nancy because she has now stolen and destroyed multiple boats. And Nancy might be a pirate. <laughs> maybe, maybe she. <laughs> yes. Nancy is the crossover pirate we've all been hoping for. <laughs> she is. And like, I, this is not what the book said and I totally pictured it wrong, but she sinks the canoe in the middle of this lake and, she, lake and she's like, that's gone. And she swims back to the shore with the oar. Like, well, I sunk somebody's boat, but I'll at least bring them the oar back. And I just pictured like, you know how when pirates are climbing the rigging and they've got a knife in their teeth? <laughs> I was just picturing her with, like, the oar in her teeth. Like, I gotta get this oar back to its rightful owner. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I hope happened. And now I'm done. Now I'm done. That's That concludes my thoughts. Oh, Karen. Oh, that, Karen, that just made me like the book 500% more. Oh, good. 
Well, picturing Nancy dog paddling back with an oar between her teeth. <laughs> I'm so glad I could help. I do my best. Um, before we rate the book, two open questions for you, Kelly, to answer. I'm ready. Hit me. You, I'll, I'll be happy to lie and make up answers. You glibly brushed past this twice, and I refuse to let you do it. What is going on with the orphans and the twins in every single book? Karen, I don't know, but it, it literally makes me want to flip a table. Orphans and like, twins I'm, constantly. I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's I, an orphan. I mean, it's, uh, and there, there were so many twins. I just, uh, enough. I do. I was talking to Caroline recently about this. She listens to our podcast and we love her and she is the best. And Caroline Caroline had a theory about this. Like the little orphan Annie was very popular at the same time as the Nancy Drew books Mm -hmm. were being written. And she had an interesting theory about how there might be some overlap there. So I will need to discuss Mm. that with her and we can unpack it. But I. Interesting. Yes, I would like to hear more about that. All right, Caroline. Stay tuned for a text message from me immediately. <laughs> um, second and final question. Are, are we ever going to have, like, a murder <laughs> in one of these oh. books? Because I think we've just Please. been going on some very similar, I might say, treasure hunts in every book. Yes, that is exactly right. I am so sick of the treasure hunt, which I never thought I would say. But, like, I'm sick of the treasure hunts. Um, yeah, like... I need some people to start dying. <laughs> Fictionally. Fictionally. In the Nancy Fictionally. Drew universe only. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Is this how we get sued? Uh, <laughs> it, it's possible. <laughs> uh, so, Karen, this week we are rating the clue of the, the, the clue of the broken locket out of a 12 possible iron flamingos. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yes. So, your turn. You go first. Okay. I... I oh this was tough. I'm gonna give it six iron flamingos, and Ooh, here right. is the mathematical breakdown. Mathematical. Mm-hmm. I gave this book twelve iron flamingos because there was a cat as a main character. True. Yes. Which I loved. The cat's name was Satin. It was part of the Satin. action. I loved that there was a cat main character. Um, I then also gave it an additional iron flamingo because there were acrobats in this book, and I felt like. I was one step closer to me getting to, like, my magician character in this book. Like, we're going to get there eventually. Like, the whole circus. Um, I, I accept it. Okay. So that put me at 13 Iron Flamingos. And then I removed seven Iron Flamingos because I almost threw the book across the room. They used the phrase twink, like, or sorry, the word twinkling so many times, like, in the context of... <laughs> Carson's eyes twinkled, and then, like, Nancy's eyes twinkled back. It, there, it was multiple times. Oh my gosh, I totally missed that. There was so much twinkling, and so it lost seven iron flamingos for that alone. So, six for me. <laughs> a solid uh, six. What is your rating? Uh, <laughs> I, listen, I feel like some of my previous ratings have locked me into a bad spot now. I am um, in the same position. I completely understand. Yeah. Um. But I, so I gave it five iron flamingos, which. Okay. That's higher than I would have guessed. Mm. Um, it lost seven flamingos for the poor use of a great ghost ship, <laughs> an unnecessary hidden passage, and just too many twins. So. <laughs> Fair on all fronts. What are we reading next week, Carenzo? Ooh, good question. So 
da, 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 da. next week we are reading Nancy Drew and the message I don't know why I said Nancy Drew as if that was part of the surprise <laughs> surprise it's a Nancy Drew book we're reading Hello. Nancy Drew and the message in the hollow oak I don't know anything about this I actually haven't even looked at the cover yet but uh, I do this is this is one that I did not own as a kid oh I had I bought it like three weeks ago oh so okay I definitely have never read it nice that's exciting I, I definitely haven't either um the title makes me a little anxious because it feels very much potentially in the 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 secret of the old clock camp where mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. solution to the mystery might be that there's a message in the hollow oak so mm-hmm. i am hopeful that's yeah. not the case yeah it feels it feels like it's potentially a little on the nose so i'm hoping that it's what what's that movie with the with the magicians where now you see it with Woody Harrelson and yes. co, where like there's a message or a card hidden in inside a tree, but like the magician planted that card there like 20 years before, like it was this, it was like a long setup. Yeah, I you're that's talking. The, that's to the, the only way I'll be happy about this. You're talking to the right guy. You said magicians. You, I'm in. <laughs> you're like you had me at magician. Done. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us on this little podcasting Nancy Drew mystery journey. If you are enjoying our little show, please do us a big old solid and rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend. And be sure to find us on Instagram at It's Clue Podcast. We, you know, do try to have fun over there. You know. We do. We like the Instagram. I love the gram. Well, Kelly, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you. The important lesson that we learned today in Nancy Drew and the clue of the broken locket. And pray tell, what was that? That message would be the following. Also very helpful if you are planning to get into the Airbnb game anytime soon. Mm. Don't engage with renters. Just give them the door code and get out. Just give them the code and bounce. <laughs> that, that would have avoided this entire situation. You are correct. <laughs> there would be no book. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave the key under the doormat. Have a nice trip, Cecily. Yep. We'll check in yep. after you leave. <laughs> Aptly wrapped. <laughs> well, with that, happy sleuthing! It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W. Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend, Mark Goodlow.